0: This isn't really just about being a happier competitor. It could be a happier person. It could be a happier partner. It could be a happier friend. It's actually about how do we become happier as people.
1: From performancewriters.com, this is The Collectives, where we gently put aside the experts and training just for a little while to sit down for some real talk with the dressage and equestrian tribe. I'm Nat Foxon, and today we're talking about how riders have reframed how they look at competing for the better. Today we're talking all about becoming a happier competitor in dressage, or sports in general, I suppose. And we've got our three amazing riders from our community, Shari, who's in Brisbane, Australia, Liz, who's in Western Australia, and Kavita, who's in Auckland, New Zealand. So lovely to have you all here. Shari, let's start with you. Mm. What What is the transformation that you've gone through with your competition? Where were you? Yeah. And how did you sort of overcome that and where are you now?
0: Um, Where do I start? I've been really competitive my entire life and incredibly, no matter what I do, whether it's triathlon, marathon, yoga or or horse riding, I I was not a happy competitor and uh, I was focused solely on winning and it was and, you know, I was I was reflecting on the topic. And I thought, as I thought about my points, I thought, you know, this isn't really just about being a, a, happy, a happier competitor. Um, it could be happier person. It could be happier partner. It could be happier friend. It's actually about how do we how do how do we become happier as people? And um, I think, without becoming too deep, um, I just found that um, I. I wasn't s- stressed by getting to the competition like a, a number of my friends are. They just talk themselves out of even going. But I'd go and I'd, I'd set the bar so incredibly high mm-hmm. that um, it became a, such an anxiety-producing, stressful experience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and it's only relatively recently that, you know i've I've stopped to become present enough to realize the energy that our horses pick up on, mm-hmm. and that I was actually creating my own problem by worrying about not performing. I was actually mm-hmm. making that happen. And so, look, there are a couple of wake-up calls. But do you mind if I share? like, oh, please. yeah, yeah. so they're pretty embarrassing now, but I'll talk yeah. about them. Okay. So um I was at um, a Warwick one day event um one weekend and um we did our dressage test little quarter horse he absolutely smashed it and to my surprise we were winning before we even went into the show jumping he did a clear show jumping and so we just had the cross country um at 95 and i thought oh my god and i just had an anxiety attack because it was like oh how how am i actually going to perform you know and actually stay on top Mm-hmm. And he was just an absolute nightmare cross country because oh. on that anxiety and that energy. And I was so focused on getting to the end of the course. I was just, I wasn't focused on the present and listening to what was under me. And he was so wound up that mm-hmm. he ended up stopping and and I came off and I just oh, lost. Wow. Yeah. And, and I thought I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. This has got to stop. Like, this is crazy. um And, you know, I've got to a point now where, and we'll come to that later probably, where um, my mare was down um, at a dressage day and unfortunately, you know, she, she kicked out at someone in the yard and I went to warm her up for her elementary tests and she'd been training so well and she just wasn't right in the canter. And the, this was the transformation is that I sat there, I went back to my mates and I said, I can't ride her because she's, you know, whereas once upon a time I would have pushed through it and say so okay. such bad behaviour, you know, you're not doing what I want. Yeah. Uh, and I think the thing that's actually, that, that sort of difference has made me mentally shift from um, I'm riding the horse to actually um, having a partnership with the horse. Yeah. And, you know, it's, and, and really starting to understand that, I mean, it sounds really obvious to a lot of people probably, but it, but it's actually realising that this is a living being that I'm working with. And there's no guarantees. And I had to really, you know, take, take a big pill and say, uh, you know, I'm the problem and I'm going to have to change the way that I approach this. So that, um, and, and I did, I actually um, started focusing on the training. Like it's important to have a goal to get to that competition yeah. or to ride at this particular level. But then you've actually got to allow that North Star to sort of provide a rudder. But then it's it, it actually gives purpose then to how you train, and I think that we've got a. And it's not just about um, paying attention to the horse while we're training; it's being present with your horse and attuning to its mental and physical state at any time, whether you're in the paddock, you're feeding up, um, you know, groundwork, riding, um, and making sure that uh, you take all of that on board. So being a happier competitor is. In my experience, is um, actually about being more present, um, and and if we're too focused on a goal, um, or too which which includes oh I'm too anxious to get to that competition. Well, then we're not actually being present and working with what we've got. Yeah, we it's it's much more um, disassociated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the and the horses pick up on that yeah so they've taught me some incredible lessons
1: mm. Mm. so do you feel like um in that period where it was quite bad for you that you were sort of single-mindedly focused on the outcome yeah, of yeah. The and
0: condition. i think what well, the other thing that makes it really hard and uh you know oh. one of my points that i'd like to make is that you've really got to consider really carefully especially in these days your digital diet
1: um, yes and, i mean interesting
0: yes, yes so i i think one of the real poisons Um, in any sport um, is comparing yourself with others and we all know that someone can take a thousand pictures and then post the perfect picture of them jumping or dressage but they don't show you the two thousand photos of all of the mistakes and you know being a teacher myself who's pretty old and now um, I think that's a really important lesson for younger people and and you know and and people inexperienced to learn is that Um, all of those disturbing emotions just cascade when we compare ourselves to others. And, uh, one of my coaches and best friend, she said to me that some of the best advice she heard was it's not about being the best it's about doing your best. And it's so much easier said than done. But I think we've always got to bring ourselves back to something like that, that, that shows that you know but because i think no matter where we are that the digital world and social media i mean i think a lot of people would be better off just not being on there because they compare themselves unfavorably and i think us as horse riders and and i think women too are mm-hmm. really good at um at talking themselves down
1: yeah. and
0: um and being really really hard on themselves and it mm-hmm. makes it even worse when you're a perfectionist or you know and yeah. a highly competitive person mm-hmm. yeah
1: you've reminded me of that great quote I think it's comparison is the thief of joy Mm. yeah Mm. great one isn't
0: it yeah yeah and I think yeah exactly
1: and Shari can I just ask you also what when you had that sort of awareness and it's it's amazing isn't it that you were able to have that sort of self-awareness you know when you're on the cross-country course that you were the problem because let's face it a lot of us never actually reached that point that we're even aware that that's the actual issue Mm. um What steps did you then take and do you, I suppose, what steps do you take even now Mm. to remove yourself from that outcome and try to stay focused on the moment?
0: Um, I I think that one really important strategy is um, uh, making, and I know that Brett's a big fan of it too, it's about um, making sure that you surround yourself with a really healthy tribe of people um, because there's some really toxic cultures out there too and you are who you hang with. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So um, uh, the way I came through that was that I, uh, you know, before then I was just so focused on the goal, the outcome, that I was one of those dreadful coach hoppers, you know, and I'd go along to every event because just because I could. And um, so the poor horse was just getting thrashed. Well, I shouldn't say thrashed. I wasn't cruel, that yeah. cruel. But, you know, I go from event to event. Oh, I'm going to win this. I'm going to win this. I'm going to, um, and then um, and I jump from coach to coach, just whoever could actually give me the outcome I wanted. And it's, it's so embarrassing to admit, but I think it needs to be brought out yeah. in the open, you know. And yeah. um, so what I've learned is making sure that, you um, that that's the most confusing thing for you and your horse is if you you hop from coach to coach, yeah. and um, and so I've got a wonderful wonderful coach um, who has given me the hardest um, advice and good slaps now and then, you know, to give me a reality check. But she's amazing in, you know, she said to me, uh, you know, I'd say things like, oh, my God, look who's in my class. You know, there's all these people on the eventing squad and, you know, in, um, you know, the one star, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And she says, stop. She said, they don't care about you. (laughs) She said, they're they're so focused on what they're doing. They don't even know you're there. And it was one of the best pieces of advice she gave me. And and she's just, and you need someone, you know, they're not just coaches, they're trainers and become friends because they tell you the stuff that you don't want to hear as well. Um, Whereas there are, I know, some coaches out there who'll sugarcoat things and tell people what they want to hear. um, But, you know, it doesn't necessarily help the learning journey yeah Um, so yeah you've got you got you got to hear that tough stuff yeah so So I think that yeah I think the people around you really helped me and I found out the people that I didn't need to have around me and um you know and and I'm sort of almost proud of the fact now I can go to a comp and say oh man I really had to manage that test and you know and my coach will say oh my god I saw what you were doing you know and it might not score well but, man, I wrote it well, <laughs> you know. Oh, and how so, good's yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. So and, for and, you yeah, now that, that, that measure of success yeah.
1: is is quite different and it's not oh, about yes. the scoreboard.
0: No, it's not. And, mm. uh, you know, and, and I used to hang on to disappointment for days and days and days and, you know, and ruminate on things. And it was actually really quite unhealthy. Um, and now it's just sort of like um, another great piece of advice, you know, from my coach is that, I'll give you three hours. You've got three hours to be really disappointed, and then oh. stop it. Let go of it. Yeah, and so it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then you know, you just—it's about how you move on from that, you know. And it's okay yeah. to be disappointed, and it's yeah. okay—it's okay to be upset. That's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, it's about managing your expectations too. Nat, you know, so my expectations were always, and sometimes, you know, the, the, the competition monster comes back and raises its ugly head <laughs> and, I've, and I've got to give it a bit of a, a, a whack, you yeah. know, but but my expectations are up, you know, like 110%. And, um, and I think what I've, what I've learned is that if your expectations are so high and reality is different, like, mm. you know, my mare wakes up on cross-country day with a puffy leg, oh, okay, do I ride or scratch? Well, two years ago I would have ridden. But yeah, now gotcha. I scratch yeah. and it's like, um, same with my training. It's like, okay, don't aim for, you know, 50% improvement today. Go for 1%, <laughs> just 1%. Right. And yeah. then you feel like you've achieved, you know, you've actually done better. And if you add up all those 1% yeah. over four months, you know, then you've got your know, 40, 50%. But yeah. it's, it's about, and it's, it's about bringing, pairing everything back, I think, and just uh, being more patient. Mm. You know, and not being in such a hurry, because horses are just so different from that. And I'll let you know good and well if you're being too impatient.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if uh, you know part of this also goes with that, You know, you're a very high functioning person. You've got a mm. big career. You, mm. You're successful in your non-horse life, so you sort of bring that same level of intensity and energy into the horses, and they're not going to take it, are they? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you know, like when I've had. Um, a a good accident and I've and I've literally been stopped in my tracks and 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 that's what I you know I think is really important too when I said it's about the relationship or the partnership with your horse it's about spending time with the horse other than just riding it Um, and and so building that relationship and that trust with your horse you know and so my warm blood mare when I first got her she was so standoffish she didn't want to interact with people you know she had stuff done to her And um, so she's been a great teacher now because she'll walk up to me in the paddock and the other day I was just sitting down with her and just spent an hour with her in the paddock and she just licked me all the way up my back, up my hat, (laughs) and she pulled my hat off and dropped it on the ground. I mean, it sounds silly, but she would never have done that once upon a time. She would have just stayed away from me on the other side of the paddock. And so um, I think when you can start to build that relationship with your horse and, and it becomes interactive, then when you ask questions, Uh, in your training they're going to be more amenable to yeah exactly tuning in well then you know you
1: mentioned that sort of term a couple of seconds ago that she'd had stuff done to her and so it sounds like there's a shift between well I'm not I don't want to do something to the horse I'm wanting to do something with the horse
0: yeah that's right and I think Mm. that um, you know sometimes we ask the right questions of our horse but we might not be present enough and ask it at the right time you know, or I mean, like we said before, they're living beings and they're not necessarily attuned to where we are. And so, you know, someone might, one person might say, oh my God, well, I put the aid on and they didn't respond bad behavior. Whereas someone else might say, okay, well, that's interesting and get a bit curious about it. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why didn't you actually respond to that? Oh, okay. Then all right. Well, you know, oh, you're a bit locked through your ribs or, oh, okay. Then your attention's out there. Well, we need to and I think being flexible in your training is just the most important skill,
1: mm. because
0: um, and that I think that's what my coach says is that changes you from being a rider to a trainer. Mm. Because nice. You, then you can respond rather than react.
1: Yeah, exactly. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you so much,
0: Shari. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt you, but it's Brett Parbury here, and I just wanted to pop in and say that if you're enjoying this conversation, you might like to head over to performancewriters.com slash podcast, where we list free training resources just for our podcast audiences. Find out what's available now at performancewriters.com slash podcast. And now, back to the episode.
1: Uh, Liz, let's come over to you. Let's hear about your story. Where were you and where are you now?
2: Well, look, I mean, I, I began riding as an adult. Um, I never rode as a child. Um, I had have always had quite difficult horses because I've never had the money to purchase the, the good horse. So I've had, you know, I've had off-the-track race horses and I've then had you know, warm bloods that I've literally bred and then broken in and and Mm -hmm. ridden and, um, you know, they weren't always suited to to me perhaps. Uh, So I think that probably set me up in some ways for failure as a competitor because I didn't have a lot of coaching and I just, you know, would throw myself in the deep end and um, go out and compete. And my first warm blood mare was horse shy and she was 17.1. Wow. I bred her. Uh, so I, no one would have, I'm five foot five, you know, no one would pick as a beginner first dressage horse, a seventeen one Holstein cross mare.
1: <laughs> That's horse shy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, but you know what? Like I trained her to medium. It was bad. But I got there. <laughs> Love it, <laughs> and I mean it was bad. So anyway, so then unfortunately she did go unsound, probably because I put like fifty thousand kilometres on her poor legs. But anyway, I ended up breeding lovely horses from her. But um, so I think those early those early experiences of competing, I think, set me up for some fairly strong show nerves. Um, I'd been a very successful netball player. Um, I have a psychology degree. Mm. Uh, you know, mm. I, I'm an, a fairly intelligent person um, and I think I'm very competitive in everything I do and including yoga. I have let that go now though, thanks for this program. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still sneak the odd glance just to see how stretchy other people are. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's
2: so funny, Liz. <laughs> so I, I'm very competitive, but what was happening, of course, was that um, I was very competitive, but I didn't have either the knowledge, the skills, mm. or the horse to actually win. So then it became, um, I became very depressed and sad, and I would quite mm-hmm. often. Um, you know, leave a show in tears, you know, mm. um, drive home in tears. Mm. Um, you know, why aren't I, you know, placing, why, rah, rah, rah. Anyway, so I then did get a very nice warm blood who then grew, to, which I bought as a yearling and it grew to 17.2 and it was a gelding and it was doughy. And I did manage to win, start winning some classes because he was just stunning, you know. And at prelim novice, they love it when they're nice and quiet and they tonk around. But then, of course, I hit the same problem once I hit elementary up because my skill level and my horse really wasn't suitable for me. Um, but cut a very long story short, I did actually compete him into one. And, um, you know, I gained a couple of reasonable scores into one on him. And, you know, that was because I had started to get a lot of coaching and spent a lot of money actually training myself how to write, mm. But I still had horrendous show nerves. Now, this yeah. horse was honestly the quietest horse God put on the planet. He's actually a power horse now. So yeah. he wasn't horse shy, rah, 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 but he wasn't super keen. And so I still was hitting that, that wall that, he wasn't really what the judge, I wasn't riding him, he wasn't going how the judges wanted him to go. I mean, he still got reasonable scores, but I wasn't winning, you know, I wasn't winning those championships. And it again became quite sad for me. So I then had bought another unsuitable horse, and um, <laughs> <as> a, <laughs> there's a theme a four year old, <laughs> a four year old unbroken mare who oh, had been God. a brood mare. And that's the mare I have now. But yeah. she's lovely and she really is quite, quite mm-hmm. super. She's not a huge mover, but I then found this program. And what this program and Brett and Nat and Emma have enabled me to do is look, she's not gonna win, probably not gonna win championships. She's not the biggest moving horse, but my goals have changed. And you know, mm-hmm. I I want I will train her to Grand Prix. Um a, presuming she stays sound because mm-hmm. um, you know I have the grit and the, the belief in her um, you know we will get there mm-hmm. um, I think I think this program you know very briefly for me has taught me to take criticism mm-hmm. now that's something I did not do well right. uh, at all okay I didn't take criticism well I would if a judge gave me a low score I would be just devastated. And, you know, cry all the way home and, <laughs> you know, because a pat me up. It's all right. I'm a very emotional person. <laughs> um, it taught me to be realistic. You know, I, I now know my horse is not the world's biggest mover. And although we, we're training her correctly, she's not going to beat a correctly trained yes. big moving horse. Mm. I'm being realistic, okay? Mm. I'm a lot more prepared uh, for competition I set goals that are achievable and I've taught myself to be happy with that Mm -hmm. and that's been the hardest thing. It's Mm -hmm. all very well to go into a competition saying I want to ride my corners and I don't want to override and I want to finish in the top ten. But if in the back of your mind you really want to win or finish in the top five, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. You're going to be disappointed. So I've taught myself to, to accept that. Um, please feel free to butt in that. I can no, take no. my hind leg off. A
1: donkey. <laughs> well, I think what you just said is it, great because it's, you're right, there's a difference between sort of what we say is our intention or, yeah, I, I don't care and la, 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 but what we feel. <laughs> like you actually have to transform what you're really truly feeling. So, you...
2: so yeah, that's that's been huge
1: for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned how
2: to warm up without a coach. Um, I've never really had the money to pay someone to to warm me up at competition. And I used to find myself very lost at a competition. And, um, you know, even when I was bowling around into one, doing, you know, two times changes and half past whatever, I still always felt quite lost. So I've now, I now can warm up by myself because I trust my training. Um, I no longer throw myself in at the deep end. Um I am not outcome focused. I'm very much focused on the process and, and, and process focused. Um, I really do just compete against myself. Um, and I have I mean I'm still very competitive. don't don't get me wrong, but I have learned to set my goals that I, this is what I want to achieve and if I achieve that, I've won. Mm. Um, and ask yourself the questions. You know, look at the dressage test as a series of questions. And with your training, it's a series of questions. And I think that has been, well, they're all light bulbs, huge light bulbs. And um, I guess, you know, in terms of how I've managed to do this, because, you know, I was pretty bad. Like my competition nerves were to the point that the week before the competition I was unbearable to live with.
0: Wow. Wow! Um,
2: I would be um, snappy, bad tempered. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, and, of course, when I had my daughter 10 years ago, I realised I can't do that because that's not okay Mm. as a parent. You know, my poor husband, I'm sure he's a lot happier as well, but he's just (laughs) ignoring (laughs) me. But, you know, you can't do that to a child. You know, you're going to damage the child. So I've had to (laughs) learn to cope with that.
1: So you saw Um, yourself doing that?
2: Oh, yeah, and I couldn't stop it. It was so because I had all the wrong Tools, I didn't have any tools. I couldn't stop myself um, behaving like that. Um, So, you know, I used to wake up on the morning of the competition with this sense of doom, you know, like real doom. Like, Mm. I don't want to do this. Why am I doing this? Oh my God. I wish my horse is lame so I don't have to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, and unfortunately, my horses have all been as tough as. So I've never (laughs) had that happen. Lucky you. Which, I'm thankful for that. But, you know, part of me was like, oh, I wish I could, wish my horse would have a hoof abscess and then I could not go. Yeah. But, um, yeah, never happened. So um, the other big change for me obviously was doing that self-confidence workbook that we did.
1: Yes. Wasn't that great? It was yeah.
2: fantastic. Hey, I'm sorry I will.
1: I'll pop in I'm the notes the what that was. Yeah.
2: I thought mm. I was really confident, but I wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't at all. It was terrible. Um, Grooming for my daughter at competitions, she's only 10, but she's been doing pony club for a couple of years, and, um, you know, we go to state dressage. And I realised I was actually as nervous as her groom as competing myself. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it's all around that not setting yourself up and rah, rah, rah. So I've actually now learnt to be a really good groom And uh, my daughter's a fabulous competitor. Um, She's, you know, luckily not quite as temperamental as me, thank God. Um, You've got to do what's right for yourself and your horse, not what other people are doing, you know.
0: Um, You've
2: got to be prepared. And I'm with um, Shari, and she said, I used to spend a week Mm. sulking over (laughs) the
1: competition. If you didn't like the result, you'd be, that'd be a week gone. So
2: now I give myself one day,
1: okay, okay, one
2: day to analyze because you do have to analyze. You, yes. you can't just yeah. you can't just go oh it didn't go well oh yes. dear you have to work out why and and yeah. try and learn from that. You can't just you know you, you have to actually delve into it. Mm. But one day that's it, and then mm. let's move on. Um, and honestly, I think you need to be fit and flexible in both your body and your mind.
1: Liz, it's really interesting to hear that. You know, you are someone who's got a psychology degree. You've ridden at FEI level at into one level, which is very high. That's a huge accomplishment. And yet you still have felt lost at the competition. You still, you discovered later you, you didn't have that level of confidence. That's really interesting to me because I think lots of writers would look at those competing at sort of FEI levels and think, well, they've figured it all out, haven't they?
2: I wish I could go back, Nat, and have that horse now and um, since I've been in the program and I think it would be a different, you know, kettle of fish because he was a really lovely horse um, yeah. or is a lovely horse. I just don't have him. But, um, yeah, I, I wish I had had him in mm. this program because I think It would have been very different, and uh, I would have enjoyed his strengths um, rather than always being about his negatives.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. And I think there's the other thing is you you know you're talking about um, that you used to throw yourself in the deep end. You weren't prepared, Uh, but yeah, the the fascinating thing about that is that on this mayor you've been working on since you've been with us here in the program, she's actually developed up the levels very quickly Mm. so I guess the irony is (laughs) that you you ditched that you ditched the I will just compete at any cost it doesn't matter I'm just competing at the level (laughs) so you dropped that and yet your horse is actually you Mm. know on the express path up the levels. I know
2: I I I I don't know I think I think really, to be really honest with you, I think the reason that she has accelerated so quickly and happily up the levels is because we spent that two years at Prelim Novice um, training, I suppose training elementary, but working on competing Prelim Novice. And I took that year away from competition to actually deal with all of this stuff. And mm. I do think sometimes people do should do that. Um, you know, I took that whole year out, um, and spent it training and doing all that self-confidence, um, stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think then that set me up because she's a very sensitive mare and she just could not cope with my moods. I mean, she just, Mm -hmm. she just couldn't, you know, Mm -hmm. and she, um, you know, I just don't have that anymore. I don't have frustration when I'm training. I never, ever, I mean, I hardly ever even tap her with a whip, let alone hit her with a whip. Mm-hmm. I don't wear spurs, um, you know, I, I can. I mean, I've put them back on recently. But, you know, I think for me, training without fear and violence and without um, frustration, you know, I mean, not that I ever used to beat my horses up, don't get me wrong, but I definitely used to get frustrated yeah. and I would would get, you know, a bit, you know, upset and I just don't have that anymore. I've let that go in my training mm-hmm. so When I get to a competition, I don't feel that there either because I've almost trained my brain or myself to not be frustrated with my training because through this program, I really have developed all the tools, you know, and I now don't get frustrated.
1: Okay, I just want to pop in for a moment to let you know that just like the writers today on the podcast, you can be a part of our community as well by enrolling in Brett Parbury's Art Breakthrough Programme. Enrollments are open now, and we'd love to welcome you, no matter what level of dressage you're currently at. If you have a goal to improve, then this program's for you. Find out more and get in touch with us at performanceriders.com. Now, back to the conversation. Let's go over to Kavita and and hear your story, Kavita. Now, (laughs) like you said, you're quite new to the sport. I hope we haven't scared you off with all this
3: now. it's really interesting that because of course you know I I started out a really happy competitor yes. because I you know I had this really lovely um uh, I had I had a horse before before my current horse um and you know he was lovely just a really lovely hack um like Liz you know my my daughter started riding at the same time as me as well and she was having so much fun on her little off-track thoroughbred mm-hmm. um and and so, of course, we all started out and it was all really peachy and rosy and, you know, my little lovely horse. I was getting these really nice marks on and doing O tests and doing level one tests and everything was going really well. Um, but then, of course, I bought my new horse when my other horse got, got injured, and had to be retired Um and he's a Spanish horse. So, of course, he's, you know, first of all, I'm on the back foot because the judges, you know, think that they kind of go like sewing machines. <laughs> um, and, and, of course, he came from a Grand Prix rider who um, was training him and, um, and uh, riding him, you know, really nicely. And then suddenly I got on him and I suddenly started doing registered tests on him. And everything literally turned to custard, you know, I got some really shit scores, I got some really shit marks. Um, I was lucky if I, you know, finished, um, uh, you know, second to last, that was a good day for me. Right. and so, and of course, you know, I had all this weight of expectation because, you know, people, you know, like Shari said, hmm. you know, you've got to shut out that noise of other competitors because I'd have people come up to me and go, oh, we used to go so nicely with this last rider, didn't I? Oh, And so, gosh. you know. And, 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 and my, I think my favorite one was, oh, he's a hell of a lot of horse for a little person like you. And so, uh, you know, so, um, oh. and, and of course, you know, being someone who, um, you know, I'm used to walking into court and having everything prepared. You know, I know right. how everything is going to go. I know I know what questions <laughs> I'm going to be asked. I know, you know, what the weaknesses in my case are, know what the strengths of my case are. Yeah. And I kind of really know how to play up, you know, my strengths, play down my weaknesses. Um, but of course, I then went into these tests, you know, thinking that I had prepared and thinking I was ready for them. And, you know, thinking that, oh, I, I can make up my, my bad marks, you know, by my good marks, all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Coming out of that and what was on paper bore no resemblance to what I was expecting. Yeah. And. And that really did, that kind of really sent me into a, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. This is, you know, I, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to, you know, like Liz, just going to train my horse and that's it.
1: Yeah. But
3: then it was, I, I guess I was really lucky because um, um, my coach, um, who was who a Grand Prix riders represented New Zealand as well. He sat me down and he said to me, You have to know why you're going into these competitions. You Mm. you must know your why. And he said your why is not to go in there and perform like a warm blood. And you know what the what the judges are looking for. He said your why is to pick up your correct canter lead to ride your circles accurately Mm. properly. And then he said as well. He said you know your why is to enjoy writing, he right. said to enjoy right. this. He said, this right. is what you wanted to do. Right. He said, so <laughs> it was he meant said, to be fun. <laughs> correct, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> correct. And, and, and so I thought, you know, that was kind of really, that, that kind of woke me up again, because then I sort of realised that I was getting so much anxiety over trying to give people what they wanted to see as opposed to mm. me giving what I wanted, you know, what I knew what my goals were and just just delivering on those goals for myself. Mm. Mm. So that I thought, you know, that 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 was a real game changer for me. Mm. Um, yeah. And then I, I kind of sat down with with him as well. And I um, uh, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, that in fact, it was him who encouraged me to do the course because he said, Brett's a really good guy and he knows his mm. stuff and And you know, Brett's always saying as well, know your why yes and and I think once I knew my why, um things definitely got got way better because I would go into these competitions way <clears throat> more prepared, so I yeah. knew you know I would go in there knowing um that you know um that there was a fifty percent chance that he'd fall out of canter across the diagonal right and and I knew that if I you know either. You know revved them up too much, we'd break or something would happen so i I knew my why yeah um and I knew that I could you know prepare for it um, I think also um as Shari said as well i uh, he he also said to me the same thing he said, surround yourself with you know really positive people hmm. um and uh, and he said you really do you just gotta you know you gotta block out all of that noise yeah. and where where I keep my horses there are a lot of people who do a lot of talking and not a lot of writing. <laughs> and <laughs> and oh, there's um, a lot of those. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's a lot and
2: of those. So, and,
3: and so that was really good. you just being able to, you know, they, they'd kind of all gravitate over to, um, to you yes. know, to where uh, to where I was training, and they'd come and have a look and all of that. So being able to shut all of that out um, was was really was really good for me. Mm. Um, and, and then. Um, uh you know knowing exactly whose opinion that I should actually yes. value
1: that's a good one yeah
3: yeah yeah
1: um and so what what does competition look like for you now
3: oh it looks really different that yeah re- really different um I go in there I take my mag karma the horse oh, doesn't okay. but yeah. I do <laughs> you do nice yeah. yeah um and um like um um you know like, like both Shari and Liz said as well I uh, yeah yeah you know i i get an, I get annoyed with myself for making stupid mm. mistakes um but I don't look at my papers on the day I look at my score, but I don't look at my papers on the day oh, okay. I look at them I look at them the next day and, yeah. um, and then I do input my little scores into my spreadsheet
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, but but i um but I then sort of sit down with my coach and then I go through and i and you know and he'll know he'll say to me oh well you know we always knew that that was going to happen didn't we and so I I go in there with a lot more predictability now and I go in there with a lot less expectation um Mm. on myself um and um and I I have definitely learned um to to you know to to block out the little comments like oh well you know oh well you tried your best you know (laughs) Those sorts of things. I've learned to I've learned to block all of all of that out. You see, because of course you know when you lose something at court, there's another court you can appeal to.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> but when you
3: come when you come second to last in a competition, there's no court you can appeal to. We need to change the system. <laughs> well, I have changed that system because you know I. I sit on the judicial committee for Equestrian Sport <laughs> New Zealand, so oh. <laughs> <laughs> so so those judges, you know, they'll know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'd love That's, to know. Um, yeah, sorry, committee, go on.
3: Oh no, so but yeah, but you know, I think I think it would be really, and I've said this to my coach as well because um, you know he's the chair of Dressage New Zealand in New Zealand, and I've said to him as well. I said I, I think it would be really good for some of these judges to kind of hear from, from us amateurs and hear from us mm. professionals um, about what it's actually like competing this, this sport at grassroots, mm. because, you know, competition should be a really fun, supportive mm. experience, because this isn't our day job, um, yeah. you know, for, for those of us who are doing it as an amateur. Exactly. And so really, you know, we should actually be really encouraged to, um, yeah. you know, to, 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 to do the sport. Mm. Um, and so, and I've kind of, I've, I've been lucky because the last competitions I've done, um, I, I have really been encouraged and I've really been
1: inspired. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, I know we're we're really <laughs> running out of time, but I wanted to ask all of you, have you, you know, you've mentioned a couple of strategies that you all have in place in terms of when you look at the test sheets, what you look at this sort of thing. Have any of you sort of taken that step of going, okay, well, I'm just not going to look at the results or the scoreboard
0: mm. or whatever. Have you, have you ever done that and how did that work for you? I, I definitely do that. Um, like when I was eventing and now at dressage, like um, uh, my friends are on nominate, like looking through all the scores and, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll say, I don't want to know. I just don't want to know. And I used to, in eventing, I wouldn't go and look at the score sheets. Um, uh, you know, once I started to get a handle on my yeah. competitive monster. And um and because then it, it doesn't put that weight of that pressure on you um to say, okay, now I'm on the top of the table. So I just refuse to look at anything until um you know and focus on the moment and yeah. and and it reminded me what um kavita and liz were saying about the process and focusing on the process and and that's what my coach said to me i, I was doing a dressage test and i said oh, i came around this corner and i know that a quarter swing left so i just thought ron ver ron ver, ron ver, up the long side and my coach said and that's how you compete because oh, i was just wow. riding each that's, moment and yeah. each movement and i wasn't thinking about getting a seventy percent or plus." It yeah. was just ro- and and so riding at the micro level like that yes and, and it all requires being present like I said before yeah um, but yeah definitely I don't like looking at sheets or scores on the day um, mm. or until the competition's over yep
2: what
1: about what about you Liz
2: well I suppose being a judge I have a bit of a different yes. experience because um, I'm also an advanced level judge and I actually know <laughs> What my test is going to score when I finish it. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, you okay. yeah. have that inside. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Me, so for me, it's really interesting. I actually will go and get the test. That say, say like state dressage we had on the weekend uh, last weekend. Um, I had a test at quarter past nine in the morning, and my other one was at twenty past three. So <laughs> I had like six and a half wow. hours. In the wow, wow, yeah, it was a bit unfortunate, but anyway, whatever. So I um. I will look at the scores and I will look at the test because they work. It works both ways for me. If I get a bad score, say that, it's actually, it fuels my fire (laughs) to go better in the second test. If I get a good score, it makes me feel
1: really good to go
2: better in the second test.
1: (laughs) But you've got to know that about yourself. So you've done that magical thing of being able to use failure as fuel we talked about this yes. in the program, well program the i think
2: i've had a lot of experience to be honest with you girls um <laughs> <laughs> you've learned how to do it <laughs> but look i i i also do pretty much know what score i'm going to get yeah occasionally i'm either Pleasantly surprised or disappointed, but I would say most of the time I'll come out and I'll go, Yeah, that was a 64, or, oh geez, you know, I might be pushing a 60 because, you know, I made two course errors in my 3C at state dressage. And oh, <laughs> I've never done that before in my life. And oh. do you know what? I actually think happened at state dressage. So I wrote four tests, girls, and I made errors in three of them. Oh, what happened? Now, <laughs> I think what actually happened was, and this relates to this podcast, I was so relaxed. I have never been as relaxed as I was at this competition. (laughs) I had no nerves at all. No nerves at all. And I was so relaxed and I was so happy. I think we all probably need a little bit of adrenaline
0: to actually
2: make our brains function. And I think that might've been what happened. I, you know, I rode my horse. I didn't Mm. think about the test. And unfortunately um, I was so relaxed that I, my brain had perhaps not clicked in and you would laugh because um, it was the three C, the last test of the Mm -hmm. day. And Ginny Creed was at C. Now I actually know Ginny quite well, but And I had another A-level judge on the long side. And um, when I made, when she belled me for the second error, well, I just burst out laughing. Now, honestly, (laughs) in in a fun way, not like a hysterical way. But (laughs) I just, I said, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. And I was just laughing. And I finished the test. And you know what? In the past, I would have been crying.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: I would have been crying. I would have. Okay. I mean, look. I was disappointed because it actually turned out to be the best test of the day. Right. And my horse was going really well and I would have got probably six and I would have got Mm. nearly 68%. Mm. Anyway, but I still got 60, nearly 65. And, Mm. you know, I my daughter, bless her, said to me as we were walking out, she said, oh, mum, she said, I was just hoping you weren't gonna make a third one and get eliminated. <laughs> but exactly. you know, she 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 was so good, my daughter, and she would made a couple of errors in a test once, I might add, anyway, whatever. Yeah. So she, she was like, now mum, what did you tell me? You said we all do it and not to be too upset. And she I gave guess. me this little, yeah, she gave me this little talking to and gosh, I feel a bit teary, but you know, it made me realize how I've actually become a really quite a good competitor that she is able to actually tell me all of those things because I have said those things to her and I've taught her to deal with disappointment and Yeah, yeah that's so important I tell you it was it was really quite amazing and you know I just that's all I can say is I think that sums up this program
1: Mm. yeah oh that's so I mean I, don't
2: get me wrong I'd rather not make the errors girls but
1: no yeah. <laughs> Kavita what about you Have you ever just got, no, no I'm just not looking because you mentioned about how sometimes your um interpretation of what had happened was quite different to the judges have you ever thought yeah well I, I'm just not not looking for a while
3: yeah yeah uh, definitely that I've um I've just had some um test papers I just have you know I haven't picked up um before um, but that's also because you know i i'm i'm pretty sure I knew exactly you know where it had gone wrong. I knew yeah. you know new things that 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 had happened um but also i'm kind of lucky as well because um you know like like liz i'm i'm really ably supported by my sixteen year old daughter and um and so she'll video my tests and of course often mm. she's riding she rides a level lower than me so so she's often watching my tests from her horse as well. And, um, and, and she'll really give me a complete rundown on it. So <laughs> too, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she, as she will. And, you know, she'll say the same thing to me, you know, she'll say, um, you know, the quarters were in um, when you were cantering. So, you know, so she's got a really good eye, mm. but I also really learned something from her. Yeah. You know, she get she, she doesn't even look at her papers. Mm, she yeah. just gets them. If she gets a ribbon, Hey, it's all great. Otherwise she chucks them in the back of the car and and that's and that's it. And then I mm. always sort of say to her as well, you know, aren't you sort of interested in, you know, hearing? Or like, don't aren't you interested? And she's like, no. She said, I know, I know, I know. She mm. said, I know that right. she ran through in the canter, and I know that you know, I couldn't, mm. you know, she she once she once cantered down the center line in a you know championship show, and uh, you know for a level one test, and um um and and, and she said, "I don't need the judge to tell me <laughs> that right, that was the wrong right, thing right. to do."
1: Yeah.
3: She, and she said it, but equally she said, um, yeah. "I don't need the judge to tell me that that was a perfect, accurate twenty meter circle."
1: Yeah, interesting. So,
3: yeah, so so I think mm. she sort of got that kind of self awareness that I've now started picking up on as well. I've really been working on my self awareness. I've been mm. really yeah. working on my, and, and it's good because my coach, you know, will stop me. And he'll say to me, you know, what, what do you think of that? Yes. And I'll say, oh, quarters were in. Mm, and right. then he'll go, and? Yeah. <laughs> and, it's like, oh, and he yeah. was on the forehand. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so uh, uh, that's, yeah, that's something that I've kind of been developing because mm. I, wanna, I, I wanna bring my expectation in line with what the judges see yeah. now. So that, that's something yeah. I'm really working on.
1: I think sort of what I'm hearing really from all of you is that you've got to take the judge's feedback in a way that works for you at a particular time. I mean, obviously, ideally, we do take that feedback and we incorporate that into our training. But if you're at a time and place where that's not emotionally available to you, then you need to do whatever works for you. And I think it's good for writers to know that it's okay to do dressage in whatever way works for you you know, and if that's like some of you've said, I've got three hours to be disappointed. I've got one day to think about what happened, whatever it is, you can, you know, you do you. <laughs> it's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think that's so, that's so true. And, you know, I, I always think as well as the, you know, the, the, the competitions are there to, um, to um, highlight the errors in your training yeah. or the gaps in your training, Um, or, you know, the things which you you need to work on. And and now Mm. that I look at it
1: like that, it's a way happier experience. Yeah, exactly, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, on that note, I must wrap it up because, gosh, we've, we've been here for a while. Thank you all so much for sharing so much time and amazing insights and stories with us. I got a lot out of that and I know that lots of writers will be inspired and empowered from this conversation. So thank you all so much. Thanks, Nadine. Thank the program, you. Great, great yeah. initiative.
0: Yeah, yeah great yeah. program. Yeah.
3: And thank you both as well. I've I've honestly learned so much from you both today. I've yeah. no, I've, I've come away feeling inspired as well.
0: thank you. Yay. Thank you both. That's so please awesome. please don't
2: make all the errors in the test though, that's yeah. not really sorry. <laughs> no.